Hi there, welcome to Living the Liminal podcast. I am Christy Peck, an intuitive mentor, a spiritual guide, and the author of Coming Home, A Love Story. What if your wildest dreams could come true? There is this beautiful space between what is happening in our physical reality and what we dream and desire. In this space, we can find an uncensored peace, a true joy, and an all-knowing that there is so much more to life. Every week, my guests and I will show up and have conversations around living consciously in this space with courage, connection, and choosing to feel good, even in the uncharted and unknown moments. I am so thrilled you are here, and I look forward to sharing this sacred space with you. Hello, my friends. Welcome to Living the Liminal show this week. I am Christy Peck, and I i know I say this every week. You're probably like, why do you keep saying that? But I am so like excited and tickled and just delighted. I'm in this really amazing place to share with you my guest today, um, mostly because it is my most fun topic that I don't talk about. I hide from it a lot because I think there's a part of me that still feels like it's a little freaky and, and my guest and I are just going to blow it up and talk about it. And so you're going to hear a lot more things about me and the topics we're going to talk about. She is amazing. She is a award-winning educator, which, you know, she's in my special ed world. She's been an educator for 35 years um, in high school. God love her for that. Um, She's been an adjunct professor, which I love that too, because I taught in the college level and it's always fun to kind of mirror some of those experiences with others. She is a celebrated author and she has written this most amazing book. She has a lot of books out there, but the one we're going to really talk about today is called God Came to My Garage Sale. And it was a 2020 Best Books Award winning Um, and and really endorsed for its spiritual fiction. And I cannot wait for us to just jump right in and have this conversation with Dr. Marnie Hill Ferdario. Did I say that right? Pretty close, Faderero. Okay, I should have asked you before. I'm so sorry, it's so silly of me. Anyway, I just get so excited and then I forget (laughs) all the things I'm ready to say. But Dr. Marnie, thank you so much for being here today. Welcome, welcome, welcome. And it is a delight to have you. Well, thank you so much, Christy. I'm thrilled to be on Living the Liminal. And God came to my garage sale. So let's just, okay, so you're this educator for 35 years and then and then this book. Mm-hmm. Okay, tell us that story of how you go from one, where the bridge, what was the bridge that got you from one to the other or what led you there? Well, you know, I was living the American dream, um, working as a special education teacher, which was near and dear to my heart, um, raising my two beautiful children in um, just a just seemed like a fairy tale life in a a beautiful home on a beautiful street in a beautiful town. And life was just great. And um, I, I was nearing the end of my career as a teacher, mm-hmm. um, and, 
you know, I had an unfortunate situation, actually pretty life-changing when I realized after 27 years that I needed to leave my marriage. Okay. And um, the, it was just, I didn't even have a choice. It, I, I had to get out. I wish I would have planned better. It would have been a lot easier. But anyway, I, I knew I needed to leave my marriage. And, and I knew leaving this particular person would come with consequences. Um, yeah. I, I was warned, you know, don't you dare leave. Right. Um, and uh, but I knew knew I needed to um, because I am a person of integrity and honesty and uh, goodness. And, and that's not who I was dealing with. So yeah. in the midst of, you know, making this life change, I had a garage sale because I, I well, I thought that I could stay in our home, you know, um, for the rest of my days. But as it turns out, even though I was told it was paid off, it was actually in foreclosure. And so I I lost all the safety and security. I lost my home. I lost, found out my, my um, bank accounts were depleted. I, I even lost an adult child to parental alienation, which was extremely devastating for me. Uh, But I, anyway, I had this garage sale and, um, And I've had many garage sales, but this one was really unique in that um, many miracles happened. It was almost like I was being reassured by uh, some higher source that I would be okay, that not to worry, to trust to trust in the, the situation. And I, you know, I grew up atheist. I, I later on in life found religion And then it wasn't really until after the trauma of the divorce and losing this adult child that I really found spirituality because it it, it just came to me. And so I did have these miracles that happened. Of course, it's a spiritual fiction. So not every single thing happened at that one particular weekend garage sale. Um, but, But what it did was prompt me to really research near-death experiences or God or, um, uh, you know, miracles and, and, and that type of thing. And, and so I did that. I started attending the IONS conferences, which are the International Association for Near-Death Studies. Mm -hmm. And I did a lot of reading. I have a whole library of spiritual books and I, um, consulted with psychic mediums and I, you know, which I never would have believed in before. Um, so, so through my own personal experiences, mm-hmm. but also hearing the testimonies of hundreds and hundreds of others, yeah. um, my whole view of life on earth has changed. Yeah. And, and even though it was a traumatic um, situation that led me to this, mm-hmm. Um, I found writing to be extremely healing and helping me put my thoughts onto to the paper. Mm-hmm. And, um, and, it, and I'm someone who is a lifelong learner. So I just wanted to research and learn more. And it just turned out to be, you know, the best thing that ever could have happened to me, just, you know, a blessing in disguise. So you are in this relationship. I'm going to go back to that a little bit. You're in this relationship and you, you begin to realize something's not quite right here. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and um, that is probably, you can, you can, you can uh, 
tell me if I'm wrong, but it feels like that was probably that moment when it all started happening, even though the miracles didn't come till a bit later, but that, that first realization um, where, hmm, wait a minute, something, this isn't really resonating with me anymore. This isn't feeling good. Something's not, this isn't, this isn't cool. Right, right. Would you say that that was kind of probably accurate, that that's when it really started to shift, like a lot of things shifted for you? Yeah, I would, I would say that it did, because, you know, your safety and security um, is, is so very important to your everyday life. And when that was completely pulled from me, then I started realizing, wait a minute, there were red flags even before I got married. There were red flags for years and years and years. And I just ignored it because, you know, as a mom, you're, you're busy raising your kids and having lemonade stands with them and, and doing art projects with them. And I was actually working full time and working on an advanced degree at the same time. And, um, you know, spent a lot of time in my garden. You know, I, I Mm -hmm. thought that I really was a good gardener, but I really wasn't. I was just probably escaping the situation. I guess, you know, at, at when something like this happens, it does make you stop and kind of look back and reevaluate, Hey, this didn't just come out of the blue, Um, but but it's been there. It's been there, but Mm -hmm. now, you know, you're compelled to act on it and get to a safer place, a happier place, a more honest place. You know, I wanted to, you know, I, I, I thought that, you know, since I'm a good person and I do good things and, you know, mm-hmm. I have integrity. I kind of thought, well, everyone I'm around is like that too, but that yeah. really was not the case. And so, yeah, I would say that this was just the turning point. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, just trying to make sense of, of the shock that I was in, you know, um, it just seemed like my soul opened up to seeing and experiencing miracles that, you know, I questioned at first, believe me, I am like the big, the biggest skeptic. I want evidence. I want proof. I want witnesses. Do you think (laughs) that that was because you came from like at that time, you, you described yourself as being this atheist, right? So that's someone who doesn't believe who doesn't really, because we don't believe in, 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 um, higher power or, or, extraterrestrial support Mm -hmm. in that way. Mm -hmm. So if we don't believe, then we really don't have trust in someone outside of even our only ourselves. Definitely. Putting trust in some, someone bigger than us in that way. Right. And definitely, even though I was leaning towards that for a number of years, my foundation as Mm -hmm. a child um, was grounded in, in, that there is nothing, you know, you are like a plant, you live and you die and that's it. And, and, um, you know, and I, that's just what I experienced, but in my heart and soul, I always felt that there had to be something more, um, because there are so many amazing things in this world, but then there's also so many tragedies too. And, and for me to try to make sense of why do such bad things happen to good people or to masses of people, there's, there had to be some kind of explanation, but it wasn't until I actually, 
really witnessed some of these experiences firsthand and then got validation from so many other accounts of, yeah, "Yeah, that's not so unusual. I had this and hundreds of other people have, have had these experiences. Then I became more comfortable with, you know, almost a knowing that, that there's more to this earth. Yeah. So I love two things that you said. One is the idea that your soul kind of was already morphing As you became first aware, which is the initial awakening process, kind of like the alarm clock goes up for us. And then all of a sudden we start to pay attention differently and we build up this huge awareness muscle, which, which you said, my soul started showing me things. And, and I love that because I feel like when we make these big decisions for ourselves, it really comes from the soul of who we are. It's not right. our human self that's making them. It literally is some other deeper entity within who we really are kind of forcing us to break open in that way and see life in a different way. And then because we're nervous, it's like a little baby starting to walk and we're shaky and we're nervous and we're not sure about it. Uh, my experience is then the miracles come. I agree. And, you know, I'll tell you, it's much easier to stay in an abusive relationship than it is to get out of one. Oh, it's I'm, much, honey, I'm right. High five on that. Like serious yeah. high five. That it, totally, it's much totally. easier to stay in an yes. abusive situation. It's much, much easier to ignore the glaring red flags. It's much mm-hmm. easier to just go along status quo, even though, you know, um, there's such cognitive dissidence, you know, that you, you just, mm-hmm. this is you not, know, you right. feel it, you right. feel, right. you see things, but you feel in your body. And for me, in my experience, my body was just completely, it was whacking out. I mean, right. it was yeah. shutting down. It was causing pain. It was, it was literally torturing me to death. Meaning right. if you don't see this, this is what's happening right here. Right. And And there's actually a scientific correlation of physical ailments as a result of emotional or, or spiritual abuse. And, and so, and, and, you know, one of the values that I resonate with so much is honesty. I just am a truth seeker. I am an honest person almost to a fault. And, um, and then when you realize that, you know, in, in my marriage, I was dealing with such a dishonest individual. Yeah. And, and then later on to come find out that, you know, after I left that abusive situation, I realized there are a few friends in my mm-hmm. life that were not honest and yeah. didn't resonate with me. And then now I'm, I'm a little more aware. So when I have an acquaintance, I can kind of sum up my own gut feeling as to yeah. whether or not, you know, I, I mean, it's still a process. You still want to trust in humanity and you still want to connect with others. But at the same time, I think, you know, going through this kind of experience Mm -hmm. uh, makes you more discerning. Yes. Well, I I feel like it strengthens that instinctual, instinctual part of you and that intuitive part of you, because I think they're both separate. Right. Where you didn't operate from that before you were getting signals, but you, you bypassed it. Yeah. You definitely. were getting gut feelings. You were getting your alerts going off your inner dough. Some would call it, but we bypassed it. We shoved it aside. We don't right. going to listen to that because, because 
our love was so big that we just believed in people so wholeheartedly that definitely you can't possibly be like that. Because like you said, I love how you said that. Well, I'm so loving. So if I'm so loving and accepting and kind hearted, why in the heck would I draw in this experience? Sure. What's what's going on there? So I, I love that story, even though it's painful to listen to. And I know for my own experience, the moment that I, I actually walked away myself from, from a relationship that was not healthy. And I remember saying to this um, health practitioner that I was working with at the time, she was like, oh my gosh, are you sure? Are you sure you really want to do this? Like, are you sure? And I remember sitting there not really even knowing, understanding my words, but saying to her, listen, I don't know what I'm doing right now, but something inside of me does. Mm -hmm. And so here are my choices. I either stay and live like this, miserable and hurting and in pain the rest of my life and suffering because it's going to get that bad, or I got to go down the other path and figure this out. So I got to do this. And she goes, okay, then let's help you through it. And And it's like this moment. Right. Sometimes I also believe that there's divine intervention with some of the decisions, because really, if my light bulb went on when my children were young in grade school, you know, or even younger than that, or junior high and high school, and if I would have acted on on that, I might not have enjoyed the 20 years Mm -hmm. of being a mom that I experienced Now, you know, unfortunately, parental alienation, you know, um, I lost a child at 20 years old. It's been, I don't know, seven years. Um, I can handle that. It's, it's very sad. It's very unfortunate. It's based on lies and half truths. And it's, it's based on, uh, the trauma of the child too, that they align with the abuser. That's what parental alienation, you know, it's a, unfortunately a very common phenomenon, but at least I can understand what happened and realize that, you know, this adult child has their own journey and their light bulb needs to come on. But I am so very thankful that my light bulb as, as, painful as it was, the timing of it and everything, uh, it would have been devastating if um, I would have lost my children to parental alienation when they were young, or there were custody battles and that that I'm dealing with an an extreme, uh, malevolent, you know, uh, malignant, narcissistic, you know, Mm -hmm. undiagnosed, of course, but an abuser, and they will stop at nothing. You're, you know, they're like a they're a predator and you're a prey. It, it, oh. You were perfectly fine when everything yeah. was fine and you didn't, you know, realize you did everything they wanted you to do. Yeah. You didn't realize yes. the abuse. Yes. But as soon as you walk away, um, they, they come after you. And so I guess I have to say, getting back to the, the point was that some of these decisions I think include divine intervention because the 100%. timing of that really, you know, um, helped me cope. It would have been extremely devastating for me if I was early on my teaching career and, and I had young children and, and, and that was kind of ripped away from me. So I I have a lot to be thankful for, you know, I was able to retire, um, you know, after a rewarding and very successful career. And, Mm -hmm. and then I ended up, you know, um, uh, 
seeking out honest friendships, mm -hmm. you know, really, really being more careful about who I choose to let in my life. And, and one of my very good friends, um, we ended up deciding to spend our life together. And so we are here. Um, you know, he was, he kind of waited for me to retire because he was retiring at the same time. Mm -hmm. And we just moved to the Caribbean. We've been here two and a half years. And I just have a, a, a just a wonderful life filled with wonder and, and nature and goodness and sunshine and fresh air and freedom. It's a yeah. lot of good things. And, and that might not have played out that way if, if my light bulb, you know, went on earlier. No, I totally agree. And I also be believe that that divine intervention shows up as miracles, as support from the universe. I said early on when I made the decision to walk away from a significant relationship, um, I, I told lots of people this, I'm like the synchronicities and the signs could not have been denied. They were Definitely. so there in my face. They were right. so prevalent. Yeah. And so many of them you talk about in your book. So I want to jump yeah. into this book sure, because sure. this book, God came to my garage sale is amazing. Oh, and, thank you. and again, I love it for, because it gives this story, right? These everyday moments to how the divine shows up to say right. to you, one, you are loved Two, we've got you three, keep doing what you're doing. Mm -hmm. Most like, definitely. Yeah. And, and and so let's, um, okay, first of all, even though I love the, I love the title, I love in the book, how you go from, and you even kind of preface this, you really talk about the words like fairy tale and my dream house and uh -huh. this monetary devastation, which I feel are very non-spiritual, egocentric, right. yes. um, human, right? Human activities. Uh -huh. And you use that to almost show the contrast to the feeling of what it was like in the moments when you recognized that divine um, guidance or that miracle per se. Right. Um, was that intentional? You know, I, I think it all just kind of evolved, whether okay. it was intentional or not. But, you know, I, I, I wanted to show the readers that, you know, I'm an everyday person, just mm -hmm. like, you know, the person next door. Yes. And, and many of us believe that we are, you know, striving to live this American dream and, and, you know, have these belongings and live in a per perfect neighborhood and stuff like that. And even though I was never someone who was a status person, I never was into name brands and I was never into one-upping other people, you know, right. that I never needed that, but, but just basically to show that, you know, here I thought, I was doing great, but it wasn't until I was shown divine miracles that I yeah. really felt that I am connected with a higher source yeah. and, and I am being guided and I am yeah. loved. And so, you know, these miracles, they, they, and these experiences that I had, and, and even though it's a spiritual fiction, they're definitely inspired by real events. Um, yeah that had, had happened to me or to other people, but you know, it really, they happen when you least expect them. 
Yeah. You know, and then all mm-hmm. you, you have to pay attention. Even now I have miracles that happen when I'm not really thinking about it. And, and then it forces you to pay attention to some of these things. And sometimes it takes a while. Like I had one experience, I think I wrote about it in the book where the lights were flickering on and off. And Uh, You know, that was not happening in the room next door to me uh, on either side, but it was happening with me. And there were a lot of other people experiencing this. It wasn't just me. And and that kept on going on. And it took a while. It took maybe, you know, 15, 20 times before I flat out asked, you know, is this a sign? Am I, you know, is this a loved one coming? And then I said, you know, if it is, I want it all dark right now, just proved to me. And sure enough, it was all dark. And then I waited and I said, okay, if it is really you, if this is a sign, turn on the lights right now. Boom. And they isn't went on. Isn't that right funny then. that we want such evidence? Uh, yes. Like, like yeah. isn't it? It just really honestly makes me laugh that we don't even believe it. Someone the other day said to me, do you really argue with spirit like that? And I said, oh, heck yes, I do all the time because I'm like, listen here if you really want me to do this, because I'm getting the guidance, like I'm feeling the nudge, I'm hearing the, okay, then give me one more sign, give me another sign, (laughs) do this, do this. And and it's almost like, well, I don't know if I believe that one. So go do this. And it's so funny, we go down that path, because I feel like we are in our human ego at the moment. And we're not surrendering to just believe it the first time. It's so much more fun that way, right, than to go down that path where you're like me arguing with spirit on oh no, you're going to have to prove yourself, like really prove that this is what I'm supposed to do. But early on, that's a natural thing, I think, to just really want more evidence. It's like you can have a reading from a psychic medium and they could be spot on telling you names and places and things that no one would know, yet you still want it validated by yet another person or something Uh like that. So I think that that's just human nature and it's natural. Although I, I must say now, I don't question things as much. I, at I all. laugh hysterically because yeah. I can, I asked just the other night, I asked for a sign because I was feeling the nudge to make another big decision about something. Mm-hmm. And I knew that if I made this decision, it was really going to trickle out. Right. And there were going to be people not happy with me. And let me tell you, you probably know this back trauma. It sort of does trigger you still into, oh, I got to people, please. I don't want people to be mad at me kind of thing. So I asked for a sign. Well, one of the signs I trust is that if I see a certain like string of of words, Uh that's in a message. And if I hear it a couple of times or see it, then that's, that's a message. I'm, I'm trusting that. So I asked, okay, show me a sign because I'm feeling like I'm supposed to do this, but I really want to make certain that when I go down this path, there's no turning back. If I canceled this opportunity, it's done. Right. Okay. So I wake up the next morning to two emails from two different people saying the exact same word for word, like there was Wonderful. five words stringed together. Yeah. And I sat there laughing. I wasn't even upset. Yeah. So I called my assistant. I said, here's the deal. And she was one of the emails and she says, really? And I said, I can't deny it. It's come in two different people who it came in at the exact same time. And you asked for it. And I asked for it. And you asked for it. And and I've learned this through listening to a lot of people that sometimes when it comes to angels or uh, the divine, sometimes you do need to ask. And, And that's a new thing, you know. 
for, for people to think, okay, I can really ask for something and then get it. Yes. And you, you know? can yeah. really, and it'll, I mean, just again, the other day I was in Sedona, Arizona, love okay. the place. Yes. And, and I'm just driving down this road to one of the canyons or vortexes. And I said, uh, just kind of in my head, oh, it'd be really cool to see this person. It was the Boynton Canyon where the guy has the hearts. And I'm like, it'd be really cool to see the heart man. So I can yeah. get a heart. I wanted it the last time, but we didn't see him. And then I just let it go because that's how I know it works. You just kind of think it and let it go. Yeah. And you don't, and if it happened, it wasn't attached to it. And sure enough, yeah. second person, second person we saw was the heart man. Yeah. I just saw him and I started laughing because I right. knew that in the car, I had asked for that as if, Hey, if it works, it works. It'd be really cool and blah, blah, blah. And I was like, Oh my gosh, you're so, I love it because and you even talk a little bit about um, how some of these miracles you talk about or divine intervention, however, sure. we divine guidance support, but they came in and they helped to distract you from what you were feeling in the moment as a human, right? right? right. You were in the midst of the garage sale and all the, the, the stress involved with sure. taking your house apart and decluttering and having to give away these possessions that you had sort of attached to. Sure. Do you believe that the divine, those mystical experiences come by way to distract us from the human because we are spiritual at heart and then we live this human experience, right? But we get so attached to the human experience, we forget the other part of us. I think it's a combination. I think sometimes it's there to distract, but I think it's also there to reassure. And then I yeah. think it's there to guide. So, so I think it really can come in all, all forms free. and can have all different kinds of outcomes, but either way it's to help us grow spiritually. Yeah. I think yeah. that's the key part. It's help, yeah. helping us evolve. Right. I mean, we, you know, I do, I firmly believe we're spiritual beings having mm -hmm. a human experience now. Yes. Um, and, and so I think it's, it's all kind of interconnected like that. So I love the dragonfly story wow. because oh here you are in the midst of your neighborhood and all of a sudden you're sort of, you know, you've got all these dragonflies and you're starting what, because I know there are a lot of listeners that have these, you know, moments. Sure. It seemed like, and maybe this is just how you wrote the story, but it seemed like you instantly knew that I, I something else going on. I wouldn't say it was instant, but I, I, I was at the, the actual experience. I was at the, the, my cul-de-sac looking back at my home and as terrible and as tough as a lot of things were mm -hmm. in leaving that life, that situation, I was just filled with gratitude and love for, for being able to raise my children there and just had so many memories that I tried to create. And so I was actually at a very loving, positive place looking at this when I really could have been negative, you know, revengeful, mm -hmm. sad, mad, whatever. But I really got, um, and with many different miracles that and experiences that I have, I have had I kind of go deep within my soul. It's like a quiet mm -hmm. comes over me. Yeah. And so I wouldn't say that it was instant. You know, I saw a dragonfly circle me and I thought, wow, that's pretty neat. But then there were two. And then within a very short period, there were 10 and then 20, 50, over 50. It was really, it was, it, it, then I knew 
you know, something, something else is something going was on happening. Here. And yeah. the feeling that I had, like the knowing was that this was generations of people in my family or mm. in the world. I wasn't necessarily related to all the, the dragonflies, but I saw all different sizes. I saw babies and toddlers and teenagers and, and young adults. And I saw, you know, grandparents and that's how I describe it. It was just all these different generations of dragonflies Mm -hmm. and the experience ended up happening in slow motion. So these dragonflies, you know, went around me and, and luckily I've read other accounts of this, that I'm not the only one that has experienced something like this, but it was so slow that I could see the veins in the wings and I could see the iridescent coloring Mm -hmm. on the bodies and, and just the feeling that I had. And luckily um, partway through the experience, I pulled out my cell phone and videotaped this because I was alone. And I, I was just like, I've got to, I got to, no one will believe me. No yeah. one believed yeah. me that this happened. Um, but I also, at the same time, even when I was doing that, I just was taking it all in. I was just enjoying the experience yeah. and um, feeling so loved. I just felt like I was surrounded. Like I got the message that, you know, Marnie, you're going to survive this, you know, trauma yeah. that you're going yeah. through. You're going to be just fine. And, and then since then, I had numerous other experiences. And um, one of them was I, I went with um, later on that winter, I went with um, my now life partner. We, we are skiers. Um, and mm-hmm. usually we go to Colorado or Utah or, you know, yeah. time skiing. And there wasn't enough snowfall for, you know, our reservations out West. So we decided to do a road trip and go to Minneapolis from the Chicago oh, wow. suburbs area. Okay. And um, I think it's called Taylor Falls. Mm-hmm. And um, so we ended up having this great ski Thanksgiving, you know, time um, where we really enjoyed ourselves. And I um, really had an urge to just drive around a little bit. I was like, we really should be able to find some kind of winery, you know, something fun to do in this area. And um, sure enough, we came across one called the dancing dragonflies and um, the dancing, I think it was called dancing dragonfly winery. And I know in the book, you know, I, I was inspired by the real story and I'm sure I changed names and experiences, but you know, that all came about because someone had a very similar experience to me with being surrounded and circled by dragonflies. So that was just one of many, many experiences that, um, you know, early on to kind of open my mind and my eyes to, to, miracles can happen. Everything doesn't have to just be completely verifiable. It, it, it The feeling right. that I had was just unbelievable. The slow motion and actually many of the experiences that even to this day that I have, um, somehow everything gets put into slow motion. So I just... Um, and that's kind of what happens in my experience. It must be different for other people, but um, definitely yeah. there's some slow motion. So to... to kind of capture my attention to make sure I'm, I'm paying. You're, you're getting in enough and yeah. you're feeling. And I, and I, 
what, what I'm picking up on is it comes in slow motion because it gets that way, your attention in your, in your mind. Definitely. And then it comes in slow again, because then you'll sink into your heart and remember right. Well, and I'm a slow learner anyway, you know, I, I, <laughs> most of us are in those, you know, I'm this, a slow learner and, and look at how long you know, it took me 27 years to realize that <laughs> I was in an abusive marriage, you know, I'm a slow learner, but I oh, also am so someone cute. that just believes in goodness and, and would like to think that, you know, other people out there do too, you know? Well, I think that's, that's the other thing is feeling, believing in outward goodness but I, I also believe that the divine intervention comes in so that we see our own goodness too. Sure. And see sure. it sort of reflected out in the outer world. Sure. And we're taught, oh no, you look at the outer world first and then you come and then you kind of come back to yourself or you find a way for you to fit into the outer world. And I believe that a lot of the miracles are to swap that around. Yeah, so that's that a good see way yourself of first and then you go to the outer world and you see, oh, how am I connected to all of this? That's a very interesting way of looking at it. Yeah. So, okay. I literally, the orb chapter, I got to tell you, because we had my father-in-law live with us and we created a memory care unit in the basement. He had dementia and we knew he was coming here to really pass on. Um, And so we had a camera twice during this 18 month period, we would you know, we would pull periodically pull up the camera and just kind of check on them. If we weren't down there, we were down there a lot, but just like if we hadn't been down there in five or six hours or like in the middle of the night, we might wake up and just check on them. You know, that was sure, kind of hard sure. twice during that 18 month, we pulled it up and there was an yeah. orb flying around. And yeah. I even shared it with other people to say, is this what I think it is? Like, it feels when you talked about the feeling, it felt like immediately, oh my gosh, we are so supported in this experience that we're in taking care of him and how challenging it is for us. Cause we, we still had all of our kids at home and then it was partly in COVID. So here we are, all six of us are here in this house, plus the caregivers, plus the nurses and sure. people and him. And, you know, sometimes but you got like, some reassurance with the that, orbs. that orb twice in two different occasions, it came and was bouncing around the room. And so I love, I love, love, love that, that part of that chapter where you talk about that or right. And actually I was not that knowledgeable about orbs. And so that's why in that chapter, there's actually, you know, the literary people call it an information dump because I, I actually <laughs> wanted my readers to learn about what orbs are. Yeah. And they're actually scientific proof of yeah. orbs. Um, yeah. it's, it's not just people believe, oh, there's faces inside these bubbles or, or is it just a, is it just a spot of water on your lens or something? It really, yeah. really isn't. And, and actually my life partner, Rick has, um, is writing a book. It's actually a photograph book on uh, orbs because oh, wow. um, yeah, he over many, many years photographed um, thousands of orbs and, and, and had such good cameras and good printers that yeah. you could you could really see the the faces and um, and even the animals that are inside the orbs. So I was just blown away by this experience, by myself experiencing it, and I I was you know um, eager to learn as much as I could about that. And and so 
you know, I, again, you know, as a human, I kind of wanted proof and evidence and, yeah. and all the scientific accounts, um, you know, the hundreds of thousands of, of photographs that have been analyzed by people all right. over the world, um, you know, gave me the confirmation that yes, that is something that we, many of us don't know about, but we should right. be aware of. So that's yeah. why I, I, I loved it. Devoted a chapter just to orbs. I was so excited to read that because not many, you can't just really walk around and be like, so in our basement bedroom the other day, we right. just saw the spirit running around. I mean, like right. we've told people who believe in it and I've shared it with some yeah. groups to say, what do you think of this? And they all confirmed those who had have experience and study in orbs said, oh, that's one. And that's the longest I've seen one stay right. in one location. And you so know, it's, thought, almost oh like, it's almost like, it's almost like we need to ourselves experiencing these things to yes. really have it sink in. I mean, it is an, another thing to read about other people's experiences and, right. and especially when you can trust others, you know, like, um, you know, like I think of um, Eben Alexander, you know, the Harvard neurosurgeon who, who died of meningitis, but had a near-death experience and came yes. back perfectly healthy. Um, you know, of course his life changed completely, you know, his, mm -hmm. his previous marriage couldn't last, but then it opened up, you know, his world to his life partner, Karen Newell. And, yes. and she does a lot with sounds and beats and, and, um, you know, on another level. And so, you know, and, and then of course he, he didn't stay with his, you know, being a brain surgeon, you know, he was right. kind of ostracized from the community because the scientists, you know, um, thought, well, this is crazy. He was hallucinating, but you know, he has so much evidence that no, no, he wasn't and wrote his book proof of heaven. Um, nowadays there are doctors and hospice workers mm -hmm. and, um, and nurses and people that are around people that are transitioning from this, this earth that, you know, will flat out say, no, this is real. We, I experienced totally. this. I, I know they experienced this. And so mm -hmm. it's, it's just very, very validating, but, but having your own experiences. And I think all of us probably have had these experiences. It wasn't until my traumatic life changed that I could look back in my life and say, wow, I probably had an experience when I was seven. You know, I can remember this and I can remember this when I was in high school. And, you know, yeah. so you, you can go back and start realizing, well, I probably have had spiritual experiences all along. I just wasn't in tune with it at all. Yeah, you talk a lot about the whole idea of spiritual awakening. Yeah. And 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 that you feel that was the process you were going through as you were noticing these miracles. Do you believe that we have to have like a moment like um you recognizing, oh my gosh, I'm in this like really toxic relationship and it's abusive and it's not good or a disease that comes in or an accident. I mean, can we have spiritual awakenings without having to go through those? I, I think a number of people do. So I don't think you have to have trauma-induced spiritual awakenings. Yeah. But I will say that a lot of the people that are strong enough and brave enough to speak up about this, mm -hmm. um, whether it is they're compelled to write a book, whether they're compelled to have a podcast 
whether they're compelled to, you know, go on the lecture circuit and, mm-hmm. and talk about these things. A lot of times it does come from a traumatic situation that just jolts your reality. Um, yeah. A lot of times it's the near death experience, people that have actually flatlined and died, but then are revived and come back that have those experiences, they're compelled to to share and talk about it. Um, And and these are people that, you know, I remember hearing one woman, I think she was hit by lightning twice. Okay, so she died twice by lightning. And I remember hearing her speak at the Chicago Ions meeting. She is someone that speaking would have been the last thing on her list. She Mm -hmm. did not want to get up in front of people. She did not want to tell her story. Um, but she, she said she didn't have a choice. She, she was just compelled. And luckily she had a support person with her that helped her, you know, be able to, to do this, but she was just compelled, but, but getting back to your question, no, I don't think that you have to have trauma induced, um, situations to, to, you know, or one, a big event that makes you believe. I I think that, um, that there are people that have had experiences like this just out of the blue and it, and, and it wasn't like that they could trace it back to any big one event. So, but I do, I do have to say a lot of the people that do write Mm -hmm. about, I've got a whole library of books. (laughs) Um, you know, most of them did have some sort of you know, life change, something happened to, to make them really open up their eyes. I feel like no matter if it's a big moment or if it's just an everyday, um, you start to pay attention. I feel like it always comes with a level of curiosity is going on in your life. So either something traumatic happens and you start to get curious, or you're just in that transition of life where Maybe your kids are getting older, or maybe you've walked, maybe you lost a job, or maybe you need to move into a smaller house and it causes you to start to think, sure, what's going on here? And then you're open. But then also just, just your podcast and talking about this, you'll probably have some listener that really didn't know what the topic was and might be tuning in and hearing this and they're not going through any big life change, but just hearing about this could prompt them to think about it a little bit more or to be open to signs and synchronicities, or, or maybe they'll pick up my book and say, Hey, I want to read about all these different things that happened. Maybe I've experienced them before. So, so I think just our voices matter when it comes to all sorts of things. Um, You know, um, it's much easier not to talk about being a victim and, and now a sort of thriver of domestic violence. Right. It's much easier not to talk about it, but in talking about it and, and people can see, Hey, that happened to her. That's kind of what's happening to me. They can relate. And then they could take the steps to, to, to a more healthier life for themselves. I think we all can impact each other mm-hmm. with, sharing our stories. And, and so just even me sharing in this book about some of these miracles can prompt someone that's not having a traumatic situation to maybe say, Hey, I kind of would like to look into that more. So the curiosity part is, is right. Well, and a course in miracles says um, a miracle is just a shift in perception. So really what we're talking about is going from an unaware state, right? Where you're just living your human experience and you're going about your day to just 
shifting that perception and noticing. Like one time I remember I was walking out of a coffee shop kind of in my head, contemplating something that I needed to really work on or a project that wasn't going well that I was doing. And I looked down at my feet and there are two dimes literally side by side sitting there. And instantly I hear paradigm, you need a new uh-huh. paradigm. Uh-huh. And I was like, and I, at first I thought, okay, that's kind of weird. Uh-huh. But then I was like, is that really? And then I drove and I kept thinking a paradigm. I need a new paradigm shift here. And then I was like, oh my gosh, I totally do. I'm looking at this from the wrong angle. Sure. I'm looking at it like it's just so much work. Why don't I look at it differently? So I feel like these, and same with like you write about feathers and repeating numbers and oh yeah, and all those signs. I remember one time I saw on um on my microwave the the word S-O-U-L. Now your microwave is numbers. Yeah, right, right. So how I even took a picture because I was right. like, how am I really seeing the word soul? Right. But, but I needed that reflection. So it's guidance to keep noticing, build that awareness muscle Definitely. up more because you're going to keep getting these things. And the more aware we are, the more your life just fills up with a shift in perception. Definitely. Like, you know, billboards. I mean, you oh. might think, I mean, there are signs on billboards or, or I had a major experience. This was early on. I didn't put it together until later. I knew it was unique, but, um, license plates. Yes. You know? yes and, I, and, I and sometimes you can, it's kind of like they, they stick with you until you, you're, you finally realize, oh yeah. Okay. I've seen that now 10 times. Okay. Uh-huh. This I'm supposed to, you know, incorporate this into my world now. So yeah. At the, um, I loved that chapter about the license plate because oh, I yeah. shared many pictures on my social media pages, uh, about my license plates that I'll see the word ego, I'll see God, I'll see joy, Uh I'll see people's names and it'll make me think, send loving thoughts. Um, But the big moment that I remember, like you not getting it and thinking like a human, oh my gosh, I went into fear. I started worrying. was a moment when my father-in-law was in the hospital. This must've been like 10 years ago, maybe 12. My older son was, was having some challenges in school. My other son was having some physical challenges. And my husband and I were just like, okay, this is a little too much for us. Like, this is a lot. And it's he and I, and we're trying sure. to juggle all this. And I'm driving and on the license plate, I see the letters M and K. Well, MK is the nickname we give to my older son. Okay. His name is Myron King. Well, all my right. husband's name is Myron King. My my father-in-law is Myron King. Okay. And my, my husband's grandfather was Myron King and they had called him MK. So at first I'm thinking, oh my God, he's telling like, this is showing me something bad's going to happen because the letters MK are my MK. So Mm -hmm. it must be something there. Well, then I kept seeing them after everything blew over and life was good again. Right. I keep seeing them. And then Mm -hmm. I'm like, I don't think that this is a bad thing. I think this is really like a good thing. So then I started seeing them with like numbers behind it or words behind it, like other words that I could pay attention to almost like a riddle. And the message would just come in clearly like a knowing. And now it's total guidance. It's Mm -hmm. total like, Hey, we've got this. You're good. It's all going to work out. You're going to be fine. Just breathe, 
smile yeah. and work through it with us. Yeah. Trust us and follow our lead. I mean, there's something to say about faith, you know, and, 100%. and that is that for, for someone growing up atheist is a very hard concept to just accept. Yeah. And especially when you still have family members that, that, you know, believe that I'm not out to convince anyone of anything. I, no. I know my no. truth and, and I've got to be okay with that. Um, but you know, there is something about letting go and just having faith that goodness will prevail. And, you know, I know we can control a lot of things, you know, with our right. thoughts, our thoughts right. can control our actions, our actions control our words, our words control our narrative, you know, all of that, you know, can actually have an impact on your destiny. But, you know, at the same time, um, if you stop and just enjoy the present and be mindful um, mm -hmm. and, and just surround yourself, you know, make the choices to surround yourself in goodness and happiness and, and, and be more discerning, you know, yeah. about situations, you know, goodness just seems to prevail. I just, I feel like I'm, I'm living a beautiful life right now. Um, yeah. And really I, I could be completely devastated and I could be, you know, stuck where I was in negative ruminating thoughts. And instead I'm, I'm yeah. just, I wake up happy every day. I, I wake up very motivated. Um, I'm, I totally have found my, my author's voice, not so much, you know, I started with this book, but I, like you said, I've written other books, other chapters and anthology books. And I have a new book, um, that was very, very healing for me. That's actually coming out next week. Oh, and wow. so I was super, yeah, I just did the final, you know, signed off on it and everything. Yeah. So it's, uh, going to actually be released on September 29th, which is my, wow. my mom's birthday. Um, but it was a very healing book and I'm already halfway through the next book. So I'm oh just motivated, even though yeah. I live in the Caribbean, I'm swimming in the ocean all the time. I'm, I'm relaxing. I'm, I'm, uh, just enjoying life, um, mm -hmm. enjoying the beauty of the surroundings that I'm in. I, I still am very motivated to um, just driven in a way to, to write. And that's really helpful for me. I know that there's some people, I actually even took a painting class thinking, oh, that might, um, yeah. you know, inspire me to paint. No, no, I'm not a good painter. I, I didn't enjoy it. Right. Um, I don't want to pursue that. I'm glad I took that class. I met a couple really neat people yeah. um, in this class. And maybe that was the whole purpose was to meet some of these nice people. But, you know, I realized, no, no, that isn't for me. But, you know, I really have a, a great time with words and, and, you know, it's, it's, uh, it helps me make sense of things by writing. Well, we all have this creative aspect to us and, and going down what I call awakening in your own spiritual essence, I believe also gives voice to your creative aspect that kind of had been shut down. And so sure. whether your creativity comes by way of writing or art or, or 
even just being out in nature or even speaking or, mm-hmm. or driven to, you know, do some kind of charity work in that way, just being creative in your life, the way you live your life, being a little more creative, it sort of is expansive in that way and abundant to open sure. up to the infinite and the possible. And we all go through different phases. I mean, you know, I, the, some of the best times in my life were what was the time I was with my children as their mom. That is just, I really enjoyed every moment. We laughed a lot. We, we explored, um, we did creative projects all the time. Uh, Sometimes my kids would be even like, Oh mom, do we have to do another art project? But then once (laughs) they got into it, it was like (laughs) they got to express themselves and have fun. And, you know, I just believe that laughter and creativity and, and and learning and exploring um, are all very, very important. Mm -hmm. You know, travel was very, very important to me. Actually, I, I just came back from, from a trip, which was really great. Um, but you know, and so that's been limiting for a lot of people with the traveling, but exploring different worlds and different cultures also is just very exciting. You know, I was able to spend a month in India and a month in Thailand, you know, and in a month in, in Israel and, you know, um, I probably wouldn't think about going to those places right now, but I'm so glad that I did. And I got to experience different cultures, different people, different food, different art, um, mm-hmm. you know, different ways of living. And I, and that is exciting to me. And I hopefully instilled some of that zest for learning and creativity into my children. But, you know, we all go through different phases in our lives. So, so now I'm at a different phase where I don't wake up to an alarm clock. Um, In fact, sometimes I'll stay in bed for hours and hours and, you know, I can, well, looking out my window, I can, I can see the ocean and, you know, I, yeah. So I have, I'm in a good situation, but it's different. I didn't have this before. So I think we, we go through different phases in our life and, and things pull us in different ways. And we're not always available to be open to everything. And, and, but I really seem to be at a good place now where I'm appreciating. Oh, that's um, so wonderful. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I feel, I, I get a sense like this, this talk we're having today is really about one trusting, right. That big faith piece. So trust and, and even if you don't feel like you have any trust right now in your life, like trust a little, where can you see trust a little, mm-hmm. like, um, look for some evidence where trusting really worked and then believe that go from trusting to believing some more, and then you'll get to open up a little bit, even if it's a little bit, you know, you think about a dark room and opening up the door a little bit puts a lot of light in there. Sure. So even opening that's the, a great you know, analogy. Yeah. That's the wonderful. doorway to a little bit of openness in your life. Um, look around for any kind of sign. And if you believe if there's a sensation in your body that says, I think this means it is you trust, right. you believe you stay more open. That is so important. Like following your gut yes. and your intuition. That is that, you know, we are getting messages all the time, just from within ourselves. Yes. And we do need to trust that. And, and, you know, I've just, I've always been someone, even with negative things that are happening in the world or that were happening, you know, personally, I always 
um, I don't know whether it's rose colored glasses or what, but I always felt goodness would prevail over everything that, yeah. you know, light outshines the dark Yeah, and that, you know, um, yeah, there will be bad, but there's always good in something, even if it's a transition or change, um, there's some good that can come out of it. So I would definitely say what you are saying, you made such a good point to follow, you know, if your body is, is kind of telling you, you know, just kind of go with it, go with your gut feeling, um, that those could be messages from divine trying to guide you. Mm-hmm. You know, because we do have free will, we can choose, you know, no, I'm not going to do that. I'm going to do this. But, you know, following our gut is very, very important. And trust is very important. And and sometimes, you know, if if you didn't go through some bad things, if we didn't experience negative, we may not appreciate the positive as much. Right, right. I, you know? I, that's just that duality of life. You have to go through some pain. You have to go through challenges. You have to do that. That's what strengthens your awareness. It strengthens right. your trust. It strengthens yeah. your belief. And it allows you to be more open to what's available and less only, you know, only seen in this landscape. Right. And right. Not open to so much more in life. Yeah, definitely. Mm-hmm. I'm so glad you are where you are. I'm glad you wrote this book. I can't wait to read your next one. That's oh, coming thank out. you. Thank you. What's the title of your next one? Well, the next one's very different. I've, I've got uh, the, the, ty- the cover right here. It's called oh, True, wow. True Deceit, False Love. And um, amazing. <laughs> and I actually, this is a four book series. Mm-hmm. And so the book that's the first book that's coming out get this, this is, this was very, um, it may appear obsessive compulsive, but it was very, very healing. It's 15,555 terms and phrases on domestic violence, narcissistic abuse, and parental alienation. And I found in my healing over these years without, you know, my adult child in my life, um, I would seek out and learn about parental alienation or kind of understand abuse. And I would write down terms like, you know, gaslighting or, you know, scapegoat or golden child, ghosting, ghosting, Um. gray rocking or whatever. So I thought when I started this out, I thought, okay, I might be able to come up with 50 words. And then it went to a thousand and then it went to so much more. So it's 15,555 terms. And of course there are different, you know, verb uses, tenses Mm -hmm. and stuff, but it's highly endorsed. Um, Just like God came to my garage sale was endorsed by James Redfield, who wrote the Celestine prophecy, which really, Um, was very validating because I admire him and his work with the Celestine vision. This book was endorsed by leaders and influencers in the abuse community. Um, Wonderful. Yeah. Just major, major players. And so I, this was very healing for me. And, and I wrote a preface where, you know, I spoke from my heart about, about this, but then the rest of the book has to do with terms. But um, then the second book that I'm almost done with, it'll probably be out next month is with the same title, true deceit, false love, but it's acrostic poetry. So I will take words um, 
I'll take certain words, and I don't know if you are familiar with acrostic poetry, but you write the words vertically, and then you write sentences or yeah. poems that connect those letters. And so that was very healing. So I have um, 13 words or phrases for each letter of the alphabet. And so that is done. Oh, wow. uh, I'm almost finished with that. Um, so that will be coming out. The third book in the series is some free verse poetry, which um, was very healing as well, where I can uh -huh you know, address different things. And then the fourth book is a workbook for others where uh -oh. they can create their own acrostic poems to see if that will help with coming to terms with their unique circumstance, whatever it is. And, yeah. you know, and because domestic violence, family terrorism can take all different forms. Right. Um, it's devastating when parental alienation is part of it. And it happens to men and women. It's not gender specific no, at all. It's it not. happens right. to every, right. right. Unfortunately, the real losers are the kids because they, they are the ones really caught in this cycle of abuse. And, and unfortunately it's just one perpetrator that does this. It's one malevolent you know, abuser. It's, it's it, usually one that right. gets everybody else in the toxic game. Right. Or the a toxic lot of people system. think, oh, yeah. it takes two to tangle. Oh, no, you know, well, if your child's one. not talking to you, maybe you really did something. No. Researchers have shown and proven that that's yeah. not really the case. Yeah. It's usually one that starts it all and gets right. it. And right. then everyone else is, I, I love how you're doing the terminology because in my own study, there were so many terms I had never even understood. Right. And even now I'm still sort of uncovering what those subtle things look like for me because I had just not understood some of the behaviors. Right. Well, this book, will, this book will be out next week. It'll be out awesome. on September 29th. Um, it's actually priced on Amazon at $15 and 55 cents, which kind of goes I along love with those play on numbers, play on the numbers, the play. but, but, you know, I've already had, um, medical and, um, uh, psychological doctors contact me saying that they want the book because there are so many terms and, and it's helpful for them to be able to help other people in knowing, knowing the terms. Actually, I just feel reading the terms provides some validation in itself. Well, I and feel like it validates your experience. Sure. You sure. know, it's hard to talk about your experience because then people either hear you right or they don't hear you because they're only hearing from their own lens. Right. Right. Sure. But here, but using the language and seeing it in print for me was so validating because it was like, it was as if the universe was saying, I see you. I hear you. Right. Right. You are okay. This You, is you make such a okay. beautiful point with that. And I'll tell you, you know, words, words can have the power to mm -hmm. hurt people. Yeah. But words can, can also, also have the power heal. to heal. Yeah. Yes. And to provide the validation and to make people feel that they're not alone and that they can put one foot in front of the other and carry on. And I love how you go then from the vocabulary, which gives you that, oh my gosh, your experience was real, but this is not who you are. Remember who right. you are. And then you go into this creative aspect, which is so healing for us to get in touch with our creative essence, because 
that's what also makes us whole. Right. And we can see life different. Yeah. That's why I wanted to include a workbook in this series. Yeah. You know, just where, where I can put an example of an acrostic poem and it'll be done, you know, as a teacher, I've got some order and, you know, um, I'd like to have some organization. I'm sure you have the teacher (laughs) mindset, right? I have a teacher mindset you're doing, (laughs) but that they can, they can, you know, I could provide some words and they can write some poems and then there's space for them to just pick what, what would be a word that would be meaningful for them to, to, Mm -hmm. you know, they could even put their child's name, you know, or they could put, uh, uh, you know, the name of a month, if that's significant to them or, you know, whatever their people's experience. But I, I have found this project has been extremely healing. So it's very different than my spiritual fiction got into my garage sale, but I think it's all kind of related. It really, I think the spirituality and the surviving the traumatic experiences, and then going on to live a beautiful life where, you know, you're, you're enjoying the, you know, enjoying life. I think all of it is kind of connected and absolutely, you know, I know I I was actually very misguided one time by, by someone that I thought was a good friend who turned out not to be, but, you know, she said, you have to brand yourself. You are only spiritual or you are only this. And I don't think our lives are like that. We are, we shouldn't be pegged into a certain, you know, um, square box kind of thing. You know, I think that we are, we are multifaceted people with yeah, many- we're multidimensional. We have we have all these different aspects to us. So if we're spiritual and emotional and physical and 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 mental, well, how can we fit into one category in right. terms of this is who you are? We are multidimensional and then we have access to the other dimensions that yes. are out there. So why I why limit like we, yourself? Yeah, those yeah. limiting branding, marketing tools just don't really exist. Right. And different. And, you know, I've always kind of believed that we shouldn't just be branded. I I know that, you know, as a special education teacher, and you've got a background in that as well, that, you know, yeah, it was important to have labels for certain things at certain times, because then that is what, you know, allowed funding to be for, you know, a certain right. type of classroom. It got you or, the resources you needed at the time. Right, that you right. Needed them. But, but we shouldn't be defined by our right. labels. Right. We are, you know, especially, you know, younger kids, um, you don't, you know, to be, to be just labeled something, then you start believing that there's not more to you and that there's no hope for right. changing. And, and so I, like, for example, you know, I'm a mother. That's a huge part of who I am and and um, what my purpose is. But that doesn't mean that I can't be a writer and have my own world with, you know, the writing and speaking and that kind of thing. Or, you know, sometimes I, I'm not a leader, I'm just an observer, you know, listening to someone else or admiring someone else's, you know, accomplishments, right? You know, we can, we can be at all different levels, we don't have to, you know, um, have such limiting views. And so that's why, right, so all of it really is 
kind of interconnected. You know, I'm glad I wrote this book. It was, it, I, I really was compelled to write about the miracles I experienced. Mm -hmm. um, you know, I guess my first draft, I, I put a lot into my own experiences, what led up to the garage sale. And then I decided to take that out and make this book just, you know, more positive, but just to have more of a focus here. And I figured in time, I would be able to, you know, explore some of the other avenues that I needed to, which I did. So it's, it's all kind of come full circle in a way. I love that. Yeah. I love that. Yeah. Oh my gosh. This has been so amazing. I want to do our high five questions with you because they're so fun. Um, okay. What inspires you? Oh my gosh. <laughs> well, we've talked about a lot of different things that inspire. Um, you know, I would just say um, I'm inspired by nature. Mm. I'm in, I, it's so hard to just have a simple answer to this because there's so many things, but, but I would say, say um, I'm inspired by the wonder of, yeah. of nature and the world. I'm just, it's, it's a wonderful world that we, um, there's just so many unique things to, um, to learn about and to understand. So I guess I'm inspired by that, but. Awesome. How do you have fun? You've told us a few things. Yeah, I would say what's a lot. I mean, I loved, I have fun writing. Um, I have fun actually looking back at pictures with my children, oh my realizing gosh, yes. the fun times that we had. I don't know if they even have any of these pictures. Um, luckily, I saved digital copy to, copies of those. But I also have a lot of fun where I live and snorkeling in the ocean. So oh, I wow, will yeah. snorkel Beautiful. pretty much every day or every other day. And, you know, it never fails. I always see something brand new under the water. Uh, that I had never seen before. So it's, you know, whether it is a shell shaped a certain way or a fish that I've never heard of, mm -hmm. or, you know, I just, um, uh, so I guess that's a lot of fun for me. One of my most relaxing times is just snorkeling in the ocean. Oh, that's so awesome. Yeah. What's one thing you can't live without? Hmm. I think, I think I've learned I can live without a lot of things, I know. you know, when it comes down to it, you really, I guess I, I, what can't I live without? Um, I know that's a hard one. Um, just honesty, I think, yeah. you know, truthfulness and yeah. honesty, um, because I know that when I come across someone that is dishonest, mm -hmm. I, I make sure to live without that. Yeah. So if I approach it a different way, I mean, honesty is, is something that, you know, is very important to me. It's a value that's very, very important to me. Yeah. What does freedom mean to you? Well, and that's something that in this world with everything that's going on, we, you know, we, the, the term freedom is, mm -hmm. is discussed and thought about a lot. Yes. Uh, because I'd like to think in many ways, I'm free, you know, living on an island in the fresh air and the sunshine. But, um, you know, you know, what is freedom? I think freedom is just maybe the to give yourself permission to, to um, know that 
that um, life is good and that, you know, you deserve that you mm-hmm. deserve not to be um, constrained and, and yeah. squelched down. Yeah. I don't know. I, you know, I, I, I love I, it. Yeah. Okay. Does that work <laughs> for that one? That, <laughs> Anything that works. Oh my God. You're totally cracking me up. Does that work? Does that answer work? I don't know because that's really hard, especially now. I mean, I'll tell you, we, you know, um, well, I think that like, we talk about freedom all the time and we talk about losing our freedom yeah. um, right now with so many things that we believe we have these, you know, constitutional rights yet they're being disregarded. Yeah. So, so freedom is really, in question here around the world. Right. So I guess right. I'm the in the way we know it, in the way we've known it to be. Yes. Right. Right. And because we had experiences for our lifetimes having freedom right. where, you know, um, this next generation of little ones are, are not going to have the same kind of experiences. Not that we, we all have our own experiences, but yeah, I guess, I guess I'm trying to look at freedom now more as, just personal within myself. Yeah. Yeah. What are you grateful for? You've kind of alluded to some of these things. Sure. I am grateful for so many things. I'm grateful for you and for people. I am Christy. I'm grateful that there are people out there that are, are not only sharing their voice, they are letting others speak their truths uh-huh. on a platform that, you know, can reach a lot of people. So I'm thankful for the connections oh, that I'm meeting yeah. as a result of this, but I'm thankful for people like you. I'm, I'm thankful for um, natural foods that I'm growing in my garden and the fresh air that I'm breathing. I'm, I'm thankful that I had 20 years with my beautiful daughter that I, I don't have now, but I had Sorry. 20 and not, but it's, it's what it is. I'm very grateful for the time that, that I had. I think that that's one of the, I have four kids and one of the things I realized in in my own upbringing that led to me walking away from a significant relationship was um, everybody. Part of where I have to get to for love is everybody has their own journey. And part of, we we are all part of this collective unconscious, right? This world that's just vibrating around us and we're all connected to it energetically and such as this oneness. And yet every single one of us in this world, in this in entire universe has our own journey. Definitely. And sometimes those journeys just can't be in the same way. No, no. And, and even if they are the same, our perceptions of those journeys yes. could be very different. A hundred percent. Totally. Right. Yeah. So, so I am, I'm grateful for so many things. I'm just, I'm, I, I wake up grateful. Yeah. And I'm grateful that my path, even though I've had some challenges along the way, I'm grateful that I am choosing to handle the challenges with love and goodness and light, you know, because not everyone does that and it make for a miserable existence if, you know, and so I'm lucky that I, you know, and I'm grateful that I have the perspective that I have. You yeah. know, I'm grateful for my life partner that I get to wake up every day with someone 
with, you know, who, who is very supportive and honest, which is so important to me and, and like-minded and fun and, um, and interesting where I can learn a whole lot. Um, so I, I'm grateful for so many different things, oh, you know, I'm grateful wonderful. for the awareness. I'm grateful for the connections on this journey with, with others, um, you know, that kind of validate our, our own experiences as right. well. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Those opportunities where it just sort of says we see each other. Right. And we feel, and we, we hear each other and we're here. Yeah. Right. I right. love it. So the gratefulness is kind of a deeper, you know, deeper gratitude, you know? Um, yeah. That's, as opposed to being grateful for like coffee in the morning or something like that, <laughs> which we are, let's which we are we're grateful here. for that coffee. We have to be grateful for our <laughs> coffee because I'm a coffee snob. I'm right. right. It. Hello. I'm Christy Peck. I am a coffee snob. I, I'm right. good with it, but right. I love my coffee, but I get, no, I told totally the deeper, you know, there's the, a deeper, there's a deeper gratefulness that, get, yeah. Yeah, that yeah. you're connected to. Oh my gosh, Marnie, this was so beautiful. Thank you so much for joining us today. How can our audience get in touch with you? We're going to have stuff on our show notes, but where can they buy your books and, and tell us about that? Well, let's see. I, I'm no longer on social media. I really wanted to spend my time writing, which has really been a, a, you know, an interest for, of mine. Um, so my website is the name of my spiritual fiction. So my website is www.godcametomygaragesale.com. Okay. Nice. So on, on my website, there's a menu tab. You can read about me, about the author. You can read about the different books that I'm involved in. Um, you can, there's a whole section on praise. So you can read about what some other significant prominent endorsers have said about both God came to my cell as well as true deceit, false love. Mm-hmm. Um, but then under the happening section is where you can see, um, the different things I'm involved in, whether it's a book signing, whether it's speaking event, whether it's a podcast, yeah. cool. um, that type of thing. So my website is where you can reach me. And my books are with Balboa Press, which is a division of Hay House, okay. um, Hay House Publishers. So they can be found there. It can be found at Amazon okay. and it can be found at Barnes and Noble. Nice. Okay. Yeah. So in, if our readers want to read Marnie's books, which I highly recommend, then they know how to get access to. Right. Them. And there's, it's in many bookstores. Um, right. You know, I've got bookstores in Ohio and okay. Chicago, in, in Illinois, Chicago, in California, in Florida, cool. um, out East in Maine. I've got many different bookstores that are carrying my book. Um, and lots of times at those bookstores, the, this particular book or God came to my garage sale is only $10. If you wanted to find it on Amazon, the e version is three ninety nine. Yeah, and there's the, there's lots of ways to go about it. Right, and and the actual you book it. It retails for eleven ninety nine. So it's not like a huge investment, right? Um, but it sure is an easy read, and it's very inspirational. Oh yeah, totally it is. And I and I feel like it's one of those books that gives you permission to believe your own experiences. Yeah. Yeah. And to not negate them. They are part of of your life. They are there for you, for guidance, for love, for support, and to validate who you are. 
Definitely. Definitely. Well, thank oh my you. Gosh, so much. Thank you. Thank yeah. you. Thank you for listening today to living the liminal this week. I want you to remember who you are and the power you have to be both student and the teacher within every one of your life experiences. So take what you need from today's episode and by all means, share what you learn. You are a beautiful soul. I love you. Peace out, my friends. Thank you so much for listening to today's episode. If you have any questions, we provide for you the show notes. You can email me at christy at christypeck.com. Or if you are listening on the cool feature on the Anchor app, you can leave a voice comment or a voice question, and we'll be collecting those and using them on future shows. How fun would that be? You know, recently, a good friend of mine gave me this quote and a gift over the Christmas holidays, and it really has resonated with me, and I want it to be a part of our our great presence of the year 2021. Be bold enough to use your voice, brave enough to listen to your heart, and strong enough to live the life you've always imagined. Whatever you've taken from today's episode, share it with someone else. Share the learning that you're acquiring every single day by being more aware in your life, by being awakened in your life, by being brave enough in your life, by being bold enough in your life, and by being strong enough in your life, because you really, really are. May you have a joyful week, remember who you are, and live the liminal. I love you. Peace out, my friends.